Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to The Human Conversation. I have got a wonderful guest today. He is Richard Harris from Harris Consulting Group. Hello, Richard. Hello, Jules. Good to see you again. It's lovely to see you too. I'm going to explain to the listeners why we already know each other in a minute. Just let me tell them where you're from because I said, oh, you're from San Francisco and you said, oh, the Bay Area. So come on, tell us what's, what's the difference, Richard? Uh, for those who don't know, so there, there are different parts of San Francisco. So the South Bay is what is typically seen as Silicon Valley. Uh, the North Bay is really sort of Marin over the Golden Gate Bridge and those areas. And then I'm over in the, what's called the East Bay, which is over the, the Oakland Bay Bridge, which is near Oakland and Berkeley and those areas. So um, Lovely. that's sort of the geographic understanding lovely because we've obviously got some listeners who'll be in the uk so we're all very fascinated unless we've actually had a trip out somewhere like san francisco which i haven't by the way so i'm very jealous um but i would it's on my list richard it's on my list now you know so so um the human conversation podcast is all about us finding a little bit more out about you richard why you're special to me is because you are in my groove you are sales Okay, so we talk the same kind of language, which is always interesting to have a sales conversation. But um, equally, I like to find out about who you are, because as you know, I'm all about the human side of selling. So let me ask you a first question. Sure. What did you want to do when you left school? Um, I knew I wanted to be in business. So I was, um, when I left college, or I think as you say, university, I wanted to be in business, but I didn't want to wear a coat and tie. So I went to go work for the retail establishment, The Gap, because oh. I thought it would be fun to wear jeans and t-shirts to work and be paid for that. So that's, that was all part of my anti-establishment, which began much earlier in my life before college. But um, that, that's what I want. I didn't know what I wanted to do, like many 20-year-olds. I just knew that that was a good calling for me. And I also knew that if I put The Gap as a, as a first job on a resume, um, it would get me future jobs, like everybody knew the company. And so I was yeah. very conscious of that. It's a good brand, isn't it, to have in your yeah. CV? So yeah. um, I had um, my career, I've been 32 years selling in, in lots of different markets. Um, and one of my jobs was Yellow Pages, which um, I'm not sure whether you guys had. Did you have a Yellow Pages? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let the fingers do the walking was the phrase when I was a kid. Yeah, same, same. We're so, aging ourselves, tools. Yeah, we are. I know, I know. But we're very, we're very young, really. We're very young. Um, but the yellow pages on your CV meant that you just got a job. You know, you just yeah. really went to the top of the pile. So it's quite interesting having a good brand on your CV. That is definitely yeah. for sure, isn't it? Or at least it was, you know, certainly when we were going through our careers. So I still think it does. I think yeah. it does certain extent um i don't think it hurts to not have that i think what matters more than anything is showing numbers and accomplishments 
whether it was in retail or whatever, you know, even volunteer work, if you're coming out of the university, you know, you've done something, right? If, you know, if you were in a fraternity or a sorority or some kind of group and you help with recruiting and, you know, talking to people, I think that's helpful to show. So anything that just sort of shows some level of communication and success, I think is what's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, And the brand is a plus, but it's not a requirement anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. And it's interesting, I think we'll talk more about this, is just how different sales is seen in the US uh, to how it is seen in the UK. And we we have had this discussion. I have to just tell the listeners, I've been on your podcast, Mm -hmm. which is uh, Surf and Sales, isn't it, Richard? Correct. Yep, the Surf and Sales podcast. Which is fantastic. And that's with another amazing guy called Scott Lees. Yes. So... We kind of know a bit more about each other because of that. Um, And one of the things that we talked about was just how different sales is perceived in the US to in the UK. And and the way we kind of see it is that sales is a big profession in the US. Um, And it's not really seen so much as that in the UK. What what do you think that's all about, Richard? I don't, you know, I I can't speak to the UK, right? I can't speak to the EU and and what it's seen as and what it's not seen as. I think that um, for, you know, for lots of reasons, um, the US has kind of, we've, I don't know that we've over-educated ourselves, but we seem to pride ourselves on this ability to have a college education for so many people, particularly in the world I live in. And I think that sales is one of those professions where you don't need any kind of degree, right, to be successful. You don't, it's not required, it's not necessary. Um, and so I think that people can gravitate to it who never thought that they could, for lack of a better phrase, achieve what they wanted to achieve financially. Um, and so I think of it as a profession here in, in that regards. Um, it's still looked down upon. A lot of people are like, oh, you're in sales, right? We all have that that ego or attitude that runs through us. Even I, you know, if someone cold calls me, um, you know, I'm like a salesperson, right? So, uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, you know, with with all the GDPR stuff, I don't know if you get cold calls at home anymore in in the UK, but. Not not at home as much as we used to, Um, but the trouble is now they get hold of our mobile numbers. So really that's that's different. They're still calling that, you know? Yeah. So it's, a, so, you know, so as soon as I answer that phone, you know, I mean, the, the fun part for me is that, okay, so I'm a sales trainer. So, all right, bring your A game. Let's see what we got. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it doesn't mean I'm any less annoyed than the other person. So no, no, I get that. That's a long answer to your question. Sorry. No, it's okay. Because I think it is quite interesting just to see how it is different in the U S and the UK and, and what's happening in the UK is we're suddenly now bringing out qualifications in sales which is very interesting. So actually what now you- What do you mean by that? Like when you so, say qualifications, what Yes, is that? so we have something in the UK called an NVQ. You know, it, it puts the stamp on the fact you have studied certain modules and passed to be able to sell, okay? Where, where do you go to get that? Well, it's just, just literally, it's coming out now and being rolled out. So certain training companies have got the rights to be able to train to those levels. And so there's a whole curriculum of how you sell, which has been written and approved. And now we can take our salespeople through this um, qualification in sales. Is it required? No, it's not required, but it kind of gives you kudos. So if you've got that above someone who's not got that, 
Right. The idea is that it could be something that's good for you. And see, my argument, I guess, on the other side of it might be, well, you can't qualify experience because actually, you know, working in sales for 10 years versus somebody taking some modules, you know, I don't know how you think, but. And what's interesting. So I, I like the idea of it. Um, I agree with you. Nothing's better than real experience, but to your point, if someone ha doesn't have that and someone does have that, you know, I'm certainly going to gravitate to that person. And, and of course, at least through the interview process, I'm going to be able to grill them a little differently to see what their understandings are and what their basics are, because that could, in some cases, you know, that can reduce, I can see that reducing ramp time by 30 days. Um, not to say that they're ready to get on the phone the next day, but now I can focus on other things and then have them work on, okay, take this product knowledge, this industry knowledge, now go apply that to your sales training that you had and work through that with them, which I think is, it helps accelerate them into the career. So I, I love the idea. I have no issue with it. Um, I also wouldn't discount someone just because they don't have that yeah. because that the piece that's missing is desire will, um, any sort of just internal humanity about that person to be competitive, which is also equally valuable. So, um, so again, like these are all great things to know that exist, but one is not better than the other. No, I agree. And, and I think for me, uh, my experience of training has always been that it's very structured and scripted and robotic. That's been my personal experience of sales training over the years. Richard. And so what's lovely now is I, I think we're now really advancing sales training. Um, I mean, I'm now a sales trainer in essence, and I've right. created my own methodology for that reason, right. because I now want to put the human into it more than it's ever been put in, in my experience. Okay. What, what are your thoughts around, because you're a sales trainer, Richard, what's your methodology? What is it that you want somebody to come out the other side with when you're training them? Yeah, so the first thing I want people to know, there's a big difference between having a script and following a script, okay. word for word, which I'm totally cool with, and sounding scripted. I don't want anybody to sound scripted, but I'm a big fan of scripts because they allow you to think more humanly. If you know what you're going to say, you can actually listen better instead of having to figure out, well, what am I supposed to say next? So anything I can do to reduce that friction in my mind um, of what do I need to say next is better. It's just like objection handling. You memorize your objection handling. Why wouldn't you memorize your opening, right? You memorize all those things, but the better you get at them, the more natural they sound. And I don't want someone to follow Richard's script just because these are the words Richard said, but I certainly want to give someone a script and let them rewrite it to be authentic to themselves. I like the last bit that you said, um, because I'm a big anti-script girl. Um, however, the thing you've said is actually quite interesting because if you, you know, I take for granted that I know how to have conversations, but then I've been doing it for a long time. So right. if you think of people who are just starting out, then I think there's an element of what you're saying is quite interesting in that sometimes they don't have that skill to know where that conversation's got to go and where they take it. Yeah. But here's, here's the thing, Richard, what I always think is that we have that ability because when we went to school and we made friends, when we went to uni and we made friends, these were all really natural, curious conversations and we knew how to have them. And so I kind of have this 
thought process that bear with me, come with me with this. Now, when yeah. you start to put it into this uh, manufactured situation, that's almost this conscious place as opposed to a subconscious place. I sometimes think we lose the art of conversation that we already have. So I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with you. I love I'm, this. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple of examples, right? This is where I'm going to disagree with you. At the beginning of this show, you introduced me. I'll be willing to bet that you'll introduce every single guest within 90% of the exact same words. That's a script. Yes. It's a short one, but it's a script. Yes. I yes. can assure you, as a guy, that <laughs> in my world of, of dating and in college, of course I had a script. Hi, how are you? Where are you from? <laughs> what sorority are you in? Of course I did, because I was too nervous to figure out what to say next. Yeah. And then eventually the nerves calm down. But I think you have to get to that point, right? And so to start the conversation in most cases, I think a script is very valid. That doesn't mean you script out the entire conversation. But like I said, you can script the intro. Yeah. You can script a couple of questions so that you know where to drive the conversation. Based on the responses to those questions, you then know where to navigate. When you have objections, price, competitor, do nothing, you've memorized those things. Over time though, as you do them more and more, they become more authentic to your own voice and your own tone, right? Actors don't get on TV or, or on movies and wing it. They follow a script because yeah. they're trying to draw out a certain level of emotion or passion or response from the audience. Yeah. That's and, what, and so that's what sales is. Now that doesn't mean I want anybody to be fake. Yeah, I don't want yeah. anybody to lie. Yeah. I don't want you to be deceitful or I don't want anybody to manipulate, but that doesn't mean that you can't follow a pattern yeah. in such a way that you sound very natural. Yeah. And isn't it interesting because I think we agree. It's just the language because um, I had the same conversation with the lovely Daryl Prail. Okay. And oh, not Daryl. Oh, it's fabulous. Uh, not Daryl. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. So we had this really great conversation and he said to me, um, you know, you are scripted, you say the same things, you know, and, and the thing is, it's really interesting because that you're right when you say that. I do say the same things because it's kind of the Jules way of, like you say, introducing the podcast or, you know, I have certain isms, I call them, which are phrases yeah, and languages. We all do. Exactly. I guess where I want to sit all this in terms of scripts is it's, the definition of script for me has always been that I read the same words that I'm told to say, and, and it's that repetitive robotic type of scenario. Okay. But that's not, hold on. It's not, you just said it yourself. You read it the same way. Yes. That's not the same thing. No, exactly. You that's to how you sound. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to, trying to say. So what I want to do when I train people is I don't want them to have, um, set script that they then use as a crutch and then don't evolve from, if that makes sense. And, and I'm making probably quite a long-winded thing about it, but there are trainers who teach scripts, who teach scripts, and they don't allow you to realize you can then go away from the script and evolve the script and make it yours and your unique script. 
let's say, if we're going to use that word. So script for me triggers me because immediately I'm thinking, these are the set words you need to say and this is the process you've got to go down. And that, Richard, has often stopped people from, from thinking for themselves and being able to make those human connections. But then, then that's a management issue. Yeah, then yeah. That, that's yeah. not a rep issue. That's a management, not teaching someone how to do that. But Yeah, and, tra and training, and, and a training issue, you know. That's I think... I, I think that, and I think some of this is generational um, mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, you and I grew up in a generation where we saw scripts literally, like, you know, you would see, you know, the, the operator on the phone reading a script on the telephone, yeah. on the television, yeah. right? And so we were like, oh my God, I don't want to be that. <laughs> exactly. we, we, were raised on the, we were raised on the phrase of telemarketing or telesales, yeah. which is just, you know, terrible. Yeah. No, we're inside sales. We're no different, but it has a negative connotation. Yeah. And I think the generation that's coming, the two generations coming behind us, um, between millennials and, and Gen Z, is that they don't see it that way. They don't see it as, they see that as good, good coaching, yeah. right? And they already know that they can adjust because their whole life's been about making adjustments, massive adjustments, and figuring it out on their own. We were never taught to figure it out on our own. We were taught to just sort of shut up and do what we were told to do. This is so, how you do it. Yeah, this is how so, you do it. Yeah. And, so, and so I think we resisted scripting um, because we thought it made us sound scripted. Yeah. I think with the younger generation, they're like, hey, give me the script and I will evolve it. They want that. And so it's a very different approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just interesting to see how it's playing out. It is interesting, and I think it's a great conversation to have. There's nothing wrong with us um, even disagreeing slightly, but actually when you look at what we've said to each other, in a way we don't disagree. I think what we're saying is that, yeah, you can have a kind of um, a set um, starting point, if you like. Yep. But my biggest thing is I want everybody to just be uniquely them, uh, you know, authentically uniquely them. And that's where you will feel different when you're connecting with your client because they'll feel like it's different. Suddenly it's, it doesn't feel like it's scripted because scripting can feel so scripted, can't it, <laughs> you know? So I guess that's where I came from. And one of the things that Daryl said, which was very interesting, was around stories. And he said, you know, you are scripted, Jaws, because I bet you tell the same stories to people. Um, you know, you'll use the same ones. And, and I said, well, totally yeah, I will, I will, because they're my stories. And he said, well, that's scripting. And I'm like, no, it's not. They're my stories. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I understand that, yeah, it is a script because you're repeating it. But I think the key is to make sure, as you said, it's authentic and it's in your voice and it doesn't feel like yep. a script, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, nice. It, it's good to talk these things out. It's um, other things. Let's talk about some other things that you're doing within your sales training, Richard, that are really making a difference. Tell us what your thoughts are. Yeah, so I have a, I have a sales, I, I, just, I decided to call it a philosophy because I'm not sure if it's a methodology or a process. Yeah. I'll let everybody decide on their own. Um, it's called Neat Selling and it stands for need, the economic impact of that need. What level of access to authority do you have and, and the timeline? And so for me, I'm very much like you. How do I evolve the conversation to sound natural so that I'm not sounding scripted, so that I am just having a, a nice conversation with someone um, where they're feeling comfortable to share and I'm comfortable to ask? 
So that's really where I spend time. I spend a lot of time in the psychology of understanding how humans make decisions. Spend a lot of time on the topic of transactional analysis. Uh, I spend a lot of time talking about why the strategies work as much as I do the strategies and tactics themselves. So at a super high level, that, that's what I do um, mm -hmm. from a training perspective. And therefore, from you know, as my clients say, is it becomes very customized. Anything I teach or talk about, I will talk about the, the strategy for a few minutes, and then we evolve it immediately into a tactic by saying, how would you do this? What should this sound like in your sales conversation? Right, so that it becomes very, very tactical to the to the to the group or the person I'm talking with. Love that. I love that because it is definitely in the same lines as me. It's, it, it's just yep. about it being and feeling different from each individual. That's so important, I think. Um, yep. We kind of missed a bit from the fact you started out, obviously, with Gap and that great name on your CV. But at what point did you actually start your own business, Richard? Oh, I didn't start. I mean, you know, that was 20 something. I started my own business eight years ago. Okay. So, um, so I, I worked through lots of sales organizations. I did inside sales and outside sales and I was an SDR and I was a director of sales and I was a VP of sales and I was a head of sales ops. So I did all those things, um, you know, which sort of gave me a nice, you know, at least in the United States, we call it a liberal arts degree, meaning you don't specialize in any one thing. You sort of get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, to be to be rounded in that regards. Um, so I did all those things, went to work for startups, went to work for early stage, expansion stage startups, um, worked for, you know, I actually ran a telemarketing company, believe it or not, like, you know, literally the person who would call you to sell you the newspaper, you know, on the telephone. Um, so we, you know, I've, I ran call centers. Um, so I've, I've done a, a decent amount of work in the field of, of sales. So um, and then about eight years ago, it sort of culminated in, in me um, uh, being laid off through acquisition. So it wasn't a negative thing. And then a couple of people asking if I could help. And I just sort of jumped into it and, and said yes. And lo and behold, that's where I am. Uh, yeah. sometimes, sometimes these things are kind of meant to happen to you, aren't they? Because are. my journey's been so like yours in terms of like, I've had all the different positions. I've done telesales, field sales. Mm -hmm national sales manager, um, I did head of sales, I did sales director, same, same as you, and actually lots of variety in sector as well for me. So um, mm -hmm. definitely those small businesses, but also working in larger companies. So we've had a very similar path in that sense. And then I had a redundancy, so I had three months money. And it's like, right, Jules, are you going to go and work for someone else who actually isn't going to listen to anything? That's what I had too. <laughs> yeah, I, I had somebody sort of, you know, my last, you know, what I call the real job, you know, they, they hug, I call it hugging me out the door, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love uh, that. They hug me out the door, which gave me, which gives you runway. And it's, it's amazing when you give someone 60 or 90 days, what that can do for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not all companies do that. Not all companies can afford to do that. Uh, but when I think a company can, I think it means a lot. Um, and it's painful. You know, it was very, it was very painful for me when I got, when that layoff came um, because I was really into what we were doing, but, you know, as we all know, time heals all wounds. And I really worked hard not to burn bridges um, in regards. And so it, it, you know, it turned into a tremendously much better thing for myself and my family, um, my kids. So, you know, it's been good. 
Yeah, it's great, isn't it? When those things happen and when you're able to look back and see, you know, actually that that was the right thing that happened at the right time. And I want to just touch very quickly on the whole mental health thing. Um, just because when you and I chatted before, mm-hmm. um, we, we touched on it, didn't we, a little bit? We did, um, but, yeah. but it was more my story on your podcast. So tell us uh, about it, any experiences you've had with regard to things like mental health, because there's a lot of talk around that now, thank goodness. Yeah, um, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah, I've been talking about it for about a year. Um, I'm, I'm part of a group called Uncrush.org, which is a nonprofit Um that supports mental health and and very specifically we talk a lot about we're founded on the principle of the mental health of salespeople, right that we're supposed to crush the number and oftentimes when we don't we feel crushed literally figuratively and and one doesn't beget the next right um so long before i was in sales you know i i suffer from depression and i talk about it all the time and I'm what's known as, or at least what I call myself as functionally depressed, meaning I can get through the day. I've created the right healthier coping habits. Um, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug user. Um, I've never wanted to hurt myself. I've never wanted to hurt others. So the good news is, is that, you know, my depression isn't as bad as I think some others might. I don't suffer. I wouldn't say bad because it should not be a bad thing. Um, I don't think I suffer like other people do. And, and I'm very, I, I'm grateful for that. Um, so for me, so it, it came out a long time ago. I've been talking about it for a year and um, I just talk about it. Like I share it constantly with people who want to know. I tell them what I've done. I give them tips on meditation, to medication, to talking to your clergy or talking to a friend or talking to a psychiatrist or a psychologist to, um, you know, adult coloring books and weighted blankets. Like whatever helps you is what helps you. There's no, this isn't like a broken arm where you get to go just sort of set it and in six weeks it's healed. Like it just doesn't work that way. Mm. So, um, so I'm happy to answer more about it, but that, that's sort of my, my short version. Yeah. Yeah. And so this uh, organization you talked about, is that very specifically for salespeople? Is that, that the idea? You know, it, it started that way. Um, but I don't think it is like we have tons of resources, right? There's tons of resources. It's uncrush.org. And yes, I'm going to keep plugging it because why not? We'll put um, the link into the comments as well. Thank you. So. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. So I think it started there, but we also know that this does not, you know, look, mental health is not, does not discriminate on anything. You can have challenges um, no matter who you are or what you are, right? I think it's very much, you know, to a certain extent like alcoholism or, or anything else is that it doesn't care what race, it doesn't care about your gender identity. It doesn't care about your, your uh, politics. It doesn't care about um, your financial status. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it's hard because so many times, you know, it seems so simple. I can say this, you know, but it's not easy is that, you know, for some reason, everyone has elected some committees in their head, right? They're kind of like your own town council. And for some people, you can manage that in a healthier way or, or, you know, vote out the town council members you don't like for people like me, they stick around a long time. Yeah. I try to vote them out and they don't leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's a great analogy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, 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 so, so to answer your question, no, is it just about sales? No, there's tons of stories. I go share my story 
uh, 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 several other people share theirs. Um, you know, mental health doesn't mean depression or anxiety all the time. Sometimes it, it means, you know, uh, uh, eating disorder uh, or something else, which again, not that an eating disorder, you know, that could also be part of depression or anxiety. Like it, it's all inter it's all intertangled, right? Um, so there's lots of stories there, men, women, different ethnicities, um, you know, uh, you know, straight, gay, non-binary, whatever, whoever, there's all kinds of stories there. And I think our biggest approach, our biggest goal is to share the stories so that others can hopefully find some comfort in knowing they're not alone. Yeah. Um, maybe decide to do something. Um, and sometimes deciding to do something is just reading the story. So. Yeah, I think this is so true. And I think often it is that loneliness of thinking you are the only person who feels this way. You know, right. that's a really big one. Um, yep. You can feel very alone with whatever, however it manifests itself, you can feel very alone with it. That's one thing. Yep. I think the second part of it for me is um, education and mm -hmm. just educating um, all of us as a human race what mental health is all about. So not labeling it as, oh, well, it's if you're depressed or, oh, it's, it's if you, you know, if you have an eating disorder, it, it's so many different ways that it can, can be. Yeah. But, and so many levels as well. When you think about it, as you said, the committee, some people have got a, you know, not such a strict committee and other people have got, <laughs> they're overwhelmed with their committee. Mm -hmm. um, and so, mm -hmm. so the education piece is important. The ability to keep talking about it and understanding that it's okay to talk about it. I think. Well, and I appreciate the, the chance to say something. You know, the other thing is there's a huge difference between mental health and mental illness, yeah. right? The depression is the illness, right? Mental health is no different than your physical health. Right. What do you do to take care of your physical health? You exercise, you do things like that's. There's nothing negative associated with physical health, but for some reason, mental health carries a stigma. Yeah. Uh, when in, when, and I don't want mental health or mental illness to carry a stigma. Right. Um, but there's a difference, and I really want people to understand that. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Really good point. I think in the UK, we have this culture of the stiff upper lip. You may have heard that before. You know, we have to be okay. Um, and if you're not okay, you're weak. You mustn't show oh, that's, not, that's not a UK culture. That, I, you know, you don't get to claim that one. Oh, well, uh, that's, that's, it's sad that it's more than UK, but certainly it's what I recognize from, from being in the UK. We, we yeah, definitely we have, have it too. Yeah. So we, yeah. yeah. And that's dangerous, know. isn't it? Ultimately. Yes. So. Yes, yes. so we will definitely put the links in because if we can make one person or help one person to connect, through the work you're doing that's that's awesome so, so I'll, I'll i'm going to push back on that too i i've decided that i don't want to affect one person i want to affect many people Fabulous. one person's not good enough good right I love uh, that. now i can't force that but i i don't like to buy into that hey let's just help one more person no i'm not here to help one <laughs> i'm not here to help one sales rep get better i'm here to help the team get better right like so that's i i find that I think that's a big part of why we're in the challenge we are is we're always thinking so small and we should think big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I definitely think big as, as an individual. Um, again, yeah. it's a saying, isn't it? It's a script. It's a script yeah. we run. <laughs> there you go. That was a good example yeah. of it, wasn't it? Um, because it is, it's almost that hope that we'll just help one person. And, and, and I've been brought up with that. 
Yep. That I've been, that's what I've been told. It's a very yep. interesting thing, isn't it? Yep. So yeah, we're going to help loads of people, teams of people, Richard. There we teams go. Teams of people. Yeah, no, great. It's really good to add that into the conversation. So if somebody's listening to you talking about your neat selling, which sounds neat, um, yep. how do you want them to start getting in touch with you? What is the stuff you help them with? Getting in touch with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me at the Harris Consulting Group. Um, uh, so those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Um, I'm also very comfortable, and nobody ever does. Like, uh, but here's my cell phone number. You know, plus one, four one five five nine six nine one four nine. Nobody ever gives out their phone number. I will text me, WhatsApp me, whatever you want to do. Um, Put that in the comments as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody ever calls. It's the funniest thing. Well, I might call you. Uh, you never know. <laughs> yeah. I would love you to. You're welcome to. Um, uh, and and then from a from the neat selling perspective, what am I trying to teach people? I'm trying to teach people how to earn the right to ask questions, which questions to ask, mm -hmm. and when to do it. Yeah. That's the goal, right? Which is which is really the the genesis of of any good sales conversation is, you know, it is asking questions, but you have to earn that right. You can't just demand it. And so that's a big piece of what I'm trying to do when I work with with individuals or sales teams. Yeah, I love that. And presumably you do work with individuals as in what business owners, entrepreneurs, as well yep. as teams in yep. corporate. Yeah. Yeah. So I do advisory roles. I do sales training. Sales training is probably the biggest, but I've been doing more advisory roles with early stage founders so they can try to find their customers better and faster. Um, and I do, I do some operational training, you know, some sales ops stuff, that sort of infrastructure. Obviously, I help build the process if that's something they want to do as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that's actually a big part of it, isn't it? Kind of know where to start and the things that are important. So I get a lot yep. of questions around that as well with my mentoring and coaching. Okay, yep. so two more things I would like to know from Richard. Um, sure. The first thing is, what is new coming in the future for you and Neat Selling? Have you got some new stuff, exciting things? Yeah, so um, I am working on a project with John Barrows to be associated with his so we can get our, our content online. So that's pretty exciting. Um, he's a good friend to me and, and been very helpful in my career. Um, so that's coming out soon. It'll be sort of a Netflix style subscription-based model for sales training. Um, I've also built out a five-week training program, uh, training and reinforcement, I should say, so that it's not sort of this one and done, show up and throw up and leave. Uh, <laughs> so that's been really helpful. I've, I've done that in, in the past, but I've never, I've formalized it a lot differently and a little bit more strongly. Yeah. Um, that's new. Um, and I think I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep pushing the mental health stuff. Um, I've got some social justice uh, things that I'm doing. I've also got the Surf and Sales podcast. I also have the Millennial X Coffee Talk, which is a live thing every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Um, we have uh, Galem, who actually lives in the UK. I don't know yeah, if you know Galem. I do know her, yeah. Um, I've had a virtual couple with her before. She's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she's joining us as a co-host. Um, where we talk about all kinds of things in sales. Um, the last week we talked about our biggest mistakes. I think this week we're going to talk about relationships. What's it like to have a relationship in sales, meaning your significant other, your spouse, and the challenges that sales 
uh, brings to relationships because it's such an emotionally driven conversation. It's also available mm -hmm. as a podcast. So those are, those are the exciting and, and new things. Oh, we're going to put all those links in because I've seen you advertise your coffee time. I've watched a replay on that, which was, oh, thank really, you. Which was great. Yeah. And, and these are the things I love is because I think we learn so much from them. A bit like the, the throwdown, which... Yeah. I just have to mention because uh, the very first transatlantic throwdown was the UK versus the US sales guys, the, yep. the gods of sales. Um, you were on the US team. I watched you. I listened to what you said. Very wise words. You smashed the UK out of the park. Um, you did. You really did. Um, and it was great to watch. We learned so much watching it. And then I was invited to be on the female version of the US. Which was awesome. Yes, which was wonderful, wasn't it, Richard? We had so much fun. And US did win, but just by one point. I have to say it was only one point. So we, That's we all right. had a good fight. We put you, guys good did, fight. you guys did way better <laughs> than your male counterparts. Way better. So, um, it was such a great forum for people. Yes. The audience could come. It was the audience who voted, wasn't it, Richard? And it yep. was such a great forum to learn in. And the same with your coffee, your Millennial Coffee, is it called? Yeah, Millennial X Coffee Talk. Yeah, so we talk about it. It's Millennial X because uh, I've got two millennials and I'm the Gen Xer. And so we're trying to talk about generational top topics from different generations, right? Yeah. Uh, and so it's very interesting to see. Um, see those things the differences um, i mean yeah. almost going back to what we were talking about in the beginning the differences of my experiences my triggers um which mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily be the same now because of how we've evolved which is great, great. but you can join this coffee thing can you you can just yeah. sign up and come on in is that the yep. idea yep yeah yep. totally easy so, and uh, being being 9 a.m pacific time that means in the uk we can definitely join it yeah, what time is that there? Is that, is that 9 p.m.? You're something, are you five or seven hours behind us? Oh, probably seven. Yeah, so there's going to be, yeah, uh, what? California time. 4 yeah, p.m., okay. 4 p.m. in the afternoon. It's going to be afternoon, late afternoon, I'd say, yeah. which, is, which is perfectly fine. I would really encourage people to try and join that. I will try and actually join live sometime because it was really good fun to watch. Awesome. I loved that. And then podcasting is, is great. You need to always podcast, guys, if you're listening. Go on as guests. If you want to start your own, do it because it's yeah, fabulous. It's such There's no reason not to. No reason. And I absolutely have loved our chat, Richard. Me too. It's good it's, to catch up with you again. It's just been um, insightful and nice to just bat some things around, um, you know, around us and our experience. I want you to tell the listeners, uh, what's the last thing you'd say to them to inspire them? Um, be your true self. You be you, right? I think that's the best thing. Um, understand that you have a lot more control over what's happening in your life um, than we sometimes feel like we do. And I think it's really important that people recognize that and and make decisions based on that make decisions based on healthy observation of what you're feeling that's probably my best that's my that's my inspirational piece i don't doesn't need to be anything about sales no it's very inspirational i love what you said there richard thank you for joining me today i've loved chatting thank you jules it's been a pleasure as always and so listeners this was richard harris fantastic 
Richard from the US, from the Bay Area. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed our human conversation. And um, please do subscribe to the platform where you've listened to us, wherever it may be. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and many more. So like and subscribe and tune in next time to the human conversation. Ta-ta for now. You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.